uh, we the 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 message from God, Sister Kimberly, I give you honor, and Sister Kristen, y'all's ministry is is amazing. That you are allowing yourself to be used of God, and the and I receive the confirmation that 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 message gave me. I was nervous all day. I don't know about y'all, but I had a busy day. Everything that could happen did happen, and it was wanting. They wanted now. I, I had no time to to concentrate and study. It was just mainly the trip from my office back home. That was about the only free time I had. And I made sure that I did not listen to the radio. I did not read any articles. I didn't do any kind of research to know what was going on today. And you know what that means? I'm not worried about anything. Tonight I want to talk to you about... Walking in your authority. You have an anointing. Every single person in here has an anointing if you're willing to to use it and walk into that authority. And I want to talk to you about that. But there's a couple of parts. I want to divide it up into two pieces. I want to divide it up into a purpose and your responsibility. But tonight I'm going to talk to you about purpose. The purpose of your anointing. Walking in God's authority and and just to give you a little little um, little history, I was born into this truth. I, I wasn't one of those that the Lord saved out of the miry clay, and and brought me in to understand His truth. I grew up underneath the pews. It was over fifty eight years ago. I was born as a. And in and, and a little country, well, not really a country town now, it's uh, East Texas. It's a fairly large town. It's called Port Arthur, Texas, East Texas. And as I grew up, I slept underneath wooden pews and, and counted all the gum that people would stick underneath the pews. <laughs> but they didn't have carpet. It was a tile floor. My pillow was a songbook or a Bible. I had a healthy respect of the shrubbery at our church in Port Arthur. Yes, that's where my mom would grab a switch as she went inside. But growing up under those pews and listening to the Word of God, I have been exposed to so much over the years. It's, it's immeasurable. I, have re- I received the Holy Ghost for the very first time. As a young boy, I was, I was 11 years old. I remember it like it was yesterday. As a little boy, we would always, as soon as altar call was given, we were at the altar. We were there. We were just doing everything we can because we wanted the Holy Ghost so bad. And I finally received the Holy Ghost during a revival. And um, in church, I can tell you today, that I have never in all of my years felt or seen the presence of God move like he's moving in this sanctuary. To see God touching lives and elevating people, it's, 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 it's unheard of. It's unheard of. 
I'm seeing people that I, I grew up with, and uh, I mean, uh, I, I look up here and I see Brother Ernest Sandoval. We taught Sunday school together, brother. The Holy Ghost fell in our Sunday school room. I mean, you, you, I don't know if you can remember back that far. How many, how many of y'all people here today were in my Sunday in the beginner's class when you were in Sunday school? Zachary, Mario, Raymond. Raymond was there, but he was just always somewhere else. <laughs> Justin. I love Raymond. He was such an imaginative child. He was always into, he was always thinking about something. And, uh, but he was there every Sunday. He was one of those children that had a drug problem, wasn't he, sister? Brother, he made, he was going to church anyway, no matter what. Uh, but to see these young men grow in God and watch them walk in the will of God and grow in the will of God and see them, God using them and understanding that God has placed something in their lives. They are stepping into the anointing and the favor of God underneath the man of God. So it's exciting to see. Tonight I want to start with this scripture. And John chapter 14, verse 2. If you want, you can, you can stand or sit or whatever you're comfortable with. But this is the Word of God, so... This is my text, John 14 and 2. In the King James, I'm going to be reading, In my Father's house are many mansions, and if it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. You may be seated. Oh, Bishop, could you pray over this real quick? In the name of Jesus, Lord, your anointing is already on your male servant. Let your anointing be on your people tonight. Let us hear, comprehend, and receive thy word. Let thy word fall on good ground. Let it go forth in power and liberty, O oh God. And I'm asking God you protect our minds from any distraction. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, let your perfect will be done through the ministry of your word, in Jesus' name. Thank you. You may be seated. God has a place for you. You are not here by happenstance or, or by chance or, or by coincidence. It's God's plan. It's God's will that every person that's in this building sitting in a chair, it's God's will that you're here. And I want to bring your memory back to uh, a message that Sister Ruth talked about. Uh, it was back in August, last August, talking about the importance of this place. Where you're physically located is, is important because God is preparing a place for you. And I want to encourage the church tonight. God is preparing a place for you, and he has a purpose for you in his kingdom. How many of you want to see someone receive the gift of the Holy Ghost and be baptized in Jesus' name? 
That is the will of God. It is the will of God that none should perish. Nobody. We're not, we're, we're not, we're trying to exclude anybody. That's why I appreciate what you said, Bishop, about we're a multicultural, cultural church. We're, we all bleed red. We're, we're, we're in the kingdom of God. We're in his, his, his family, his lineage, his, his kingdom. But if we're going to be yielded to the will of God and we're going to be successful in his kingdom, there's some things that you're going to have to do. You're going to have to love people. You're going to have to love people. Not everybody wants to do that, especially now with COVID going on. It's like, mm, mm, you stay in my house. Uh, I don't know about you, but this did not work well for me. I love my wife. Being cooped up in my house was not healthy for us. I wanted to maintain a good relationship. I mean, Josh and I were ready to move out, weren't we, brother? He was. He's always ready to move. God, God, send him where you want him to go, Lord. I tease him. I tease him a lot. Uh, I make. I try to make it hard on him, but I know. I know. Inevitably, one day he will. He will be in his own way. But uh, God's gonna. God's got a hand, his hand on him. Oh, it's such a blessing to, to to live and watch that man grow. Josh, I love you. Um. Another thing that you have to do, if you're going to be successful in the kingdom of God and walk in that authority, you're going to have to be submitted to the man of God. Plain and simple. There's no gray. It's black and white. You're going to have to be submitted to the man of God. Uh, he's our shepherd. He's, he's your bishop. He's, he's, our, he's your pastor. He's, he's your leader. He's, he's everything. He's giving you the direction. He's giving you what you need to stay where God wants you to be because he's preparing a place for you. Tonight we're going to talk about the purpose again. I'm, I'm going to try to not be too redundant, but the, the testimony that I want to talk to you tonight is... Um, my testimony. There's no one can tell my story but me. I know what God has done for me in my life, and you know what God has done for you in yours. And I want you, I want you to hang on to it because what your, your testimony is is important to God because it's what he's doing in your life. I had an opportunity years ago. I can't even remember what year it was. I think it was 2009. When did I go to Alaska, babe? You don't remember? Me neither. It's an age thing. You don't remember these things. I had an opportunity to go to Alaska and work, make some good money, make a, a step up in my career, make, take some opportunities. Um, had uh, a tremendous offer while I was up there. And while I was up there, they offered me the, the, the piping design lead, which is a six-figure six figure number, and they offered me uh, over $13,000 to move to Alaska, Sister Rachel. I was ready. I loved Alaska. Snow and snow and lots of snow. Raymond's shaking his head, no way no. Right? <laughs> nah, man, I, I loved it. Uh, it was beautiful. My wife was like you, Brother Raymond. 
She was not having any of it. She was not happy. Uh, Brother Wallace called me and said, you're about to make a decision, and it's not God's will. I'm like, ooh. Things just got hard. Things got difficult. And uh, I had to make a decision. These people had been over backwards, gave me hundreds of dollars to take my wife on the town and be able to see all there is to see in Anchorage. She's seen it all in one day, Ruth. <laughs> but they, they wanted me to move my family to Anchorage, Alaska. And Pastor just, Brother Wallace just said, no. And I had to make a decision. Am I going to submit to my man of God, or I'm going to move to Alaska, and I would have been out of the will of God. So I went into the Leeds office, my, my boss, and I told him, I said, I prayed about it with my family. I can't, I can't take the job. He said, he understood, takes, he's fine, appreciated it. And I went on, and I was like, well, I know my job now is going to be short. I'm not going to be around here very long now. Well, I got another opportunity, opportunity to work on the North Slope and still live in San Antonio. I'd just be commuting two weeks in, on, two weeks off. Got a lot of air miles, got a lot of experience working on the North Slope. But that was right about the time we were switching services. We were going from two services on Sunday to one. And I, I think I was one of the few people that voted against that. Because I was going to be getting less services. Wasn't, I wasn't trying to be selfish. Two services going to one, right? And so I was like, well, I want, I want more church. I want need to go to church. I need, I need God. And so it didn't bother me that we went to one service. I'm like, oh, well, I didn't get bitter about it and start trying to cause a ruckus because I didn't get what I wanted. I just went with what we had. I enjoyed that one service. And then God started opening doors. We started a church up on the North Slope. We called it the Prudhoe Bay Church. Just any Christians could come. But they let me talk. So I talked about Jesus. I talked about the Holy Ghost. I talked about being baptized in Jesus' name. And our church services were over 100 people. I was excited. I had, I had grown men that worked their roughnecks in the oil field. These are tough guys. Weeping and crying and feeling the presence of God. We were about to, we were about to break into a realm of the Spirit that, you know, I was excited. God was doing something. And at the second I thought everything was going the way I thought it was, I thought it was God's will, he pulled the rug out from under me, sent me back to Texas. Again, I, I accepted what God wanted. It's not my church. It's not my kingdom. It's his. Yeah, it hurt. Yeah, it hurt. I, I lost a lot of, I was, I lost a lot of friends. I I can't see anymore. I, I can only see him on Facebook every now and then. But understanding that his kingdom is so much more important than what I want. Right. 
God provides ahead of the need. He's seen something in me that I did not, I was not aware of. I wasn't, I wasn't prepared for it. He sent me back and it was a sad day. Me and my wife were, we were just thinking about what we were going to sell and well, how are we going to do this? And you know, it's going to get hard. And we were preparing, we were prepared spiritually and mentally to just liquidate everything we had. Whatever God needed us to do, we were ready to let it go. But God has prepared a place for me. And I, you know, things like you got to understand something. When you need to build a house, do you have to go plant trees to go get wood to build a house? No. All of that wood's prepared for you. All you got to do is go to the store and get it to build, and you got to get your prints. You got to get your, our, our, our resident architect is, is off working somewhere, I'm sure. If he's listening, I miss you, Justin. Um, but Jesus has got everything under control. We take so much for granted that when he's preparing a place for you, He's got everything under control. And we tend to worry about things because we want to kind of help God out. It's like, Lord, I need you to do it now because I'm worried. In John chapter 14, I'm just going to read some of those scriptures again. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions, and if it were not so... I'd have told you. I go to, to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. And where I am, there ye will be also. Now, as growing up as a kid, those scriptures, what were we talking about? Somebody help me out. What were we talking about? Heaven. That's what I always thought and then I then now Bishop has got me digging in scriptures and looking at the meanings and you got to break it down and it's like wait there's more it's not just talking about heaven so when you look at the Greek mansions is uh, pronounced Monet I don't know and uh, one of the uh, metaphors of the word mansions is of the of the whole uh, uh, a place for the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and believers. So in God's house, there are many believers filled with the Holy Ghost. All right? And then I got to look at it, and I was like, oh, what's this place all about? So we look at the place. In the Greek, it's pronounced topos. And it's... It talks about the, the normal stuff, the place, any portion or space marked off. It is where you're surrounded, space, the inhabitants, a place, a city, a village. But it also means an opportunity, power, and an occasion for acting. God is preparing a place for you. 
And you look, and you know what the way, the way is a manner of thinking and a feeling, and it's an ideal. So we know the way. God was telling us. And whether I go, you know. And the way, ye know. But Thomas, he wants to check it. He was, he, I love Thomas. Thomas is always the one that's going to ask all the hard questions. So the questions that nobody else wants to ask, Thomas is going to ask them. Thomas said, Thomas saying to him, Lord, we know not whether thou goest. We're not, we don't know where you're going. And how can we know the way? Thomas was thinking, what direction are you going, Lord? But Jesus said in him, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And so when you understand those scriptures and you see that God has prepared you, he's prepared a way. God is preparing this church for an immigration of souls and his so- and for his sovereign kingdom. He's preparing a place for you. Now, um, I have, um, there's an organization that I'm, I'm, I'm a president of, and I have a lot of opportunities to reach the public. And I have different events that go on, and different people help me with those events. Sister Crystal Flores, Sister Kristen Hildebrand. They, they do some really cool things in the background for my organization. But I have opportunities when I have an event um, that I'm worried about the Spirit of God because I'm one man amongst a lot of people. And it's funny because I have, you know, like two or three hundred people in an event, and I'm not nervous at all. But when I come here to talk to y'all, I'm nervous as all a, a cat in a room full of rocking chairs. Okay? But what you don't understand is I will on occasion invite Sister Kristen to take the photographs. And I will invite Brother uh, Trini to cover the, the event as the event doctor. So I let them play golf. It's pretty cool, huh? And Brother Clyde, I hope you all had a time. Brother Jeremy, did you have a good time? I, I didn't mean to exploit y'all, but your anointing was there. I didn't have you there just, just oh, I do love you. I do like doing fun things for you and honoring you in those ways. But do y'all did, did you realize who was saying the prayer that morning, Brother Jeremy, Brother Clyde? Did y'all know who that was? That man that was that tall man that was saying the bless, saying praying, saying a prayer over the event. That was the CEO of my company. And he said, "Mike, what do you want me to say?" I said, "You just pray for this event, make sure it's safe, that nobody goes away from here with COVID." And he said, "And you can pray in Jesus' name in my events." And he did. When you have enough boldness. Just talk to a CEO and tell him what you need him to pray over an event. You start understanding your authority. But when you start understanding your authority, you're not so nervous anymore. What are you going to do when the mayor of San Antonio walks into this building? Are you going to get nervous and shy? Why would you be shy? You've been in the presence of the Lord God Almighty. What's the mayor going to be able to do to you?
Sister Ruth is not scared of anybody. She walks in the authority of the Holy Ghost. She knows. I'm trying real hard to get you in one of my events, Sister Ruth, in April. Hint. I, uh, I, was, I had a, a really awesome opportunity to um, uh, be on the committee for the, uh, I don't know if anybody's ever heard of Sky High, St. Jude. You know the St. Jude that, for children's cancer? Well, they do a little fundraiser here in San Antonio, and they, they raised about a half a million dollars in two days. So I got to be on that committee. I got to play with the guns. It was it's, it's work, okay? It's work, okay? Well, I also had an opportunity. Things didn't go as planned, and we were working through it, and so we needed somebody as a nurse for the event. They needed a medic. Well, the one that they had all lined up fell through, but I'd already been working on lining up Sister, Sister uh, Tara and Taylor. So I had her set up as, as the, the medic. And then they said, hey, Mike, uh, we need somebody to be the photographer for the event. Do you have anybody? They're coming to me for things. So I was like, yeah, I got somebody. <laughs> Sister Kristen Hildebrand. And so, and, and I, I man, just run out of time. Um, and the, and the, I want you to understand this principle because you got to understand what walking in the authority will do. At the event, the special uh, guest is my boss's, one of my boss's son. He's had a heart transplant when he was months old. Uh, he's recovered from cancer. He's, he's their, he's their spokesman for sky high St. Jude. His name's Brady Birch. He's 13. He's, he, you can look at that boy and he, he's never frowned a day in his life. He's smiling it, it, and he, all the thing he has been through, and you just see him, and he's always smiling. But the day that he was supposed to come to that event, he started having shortness of breath. And he was, his mother was nervous. His dad stayed with him. They rushed him to the hospital because his immune system is so sensitive. Anything that he get, and they were scared that it was COVID. They took him to the emergency room. They put him in the hospital. They're monitoring him. They're watching him. They're, they're giving him antibiotics, whatever he needs. And so while we were in the lobby, I had an opportunity to catch his mother. And I said, Becky, can I, can I pray for you? Can we pray for Brady? And it was her and her sister-in-law. And who was standing right next to me, Brother Jackson? Sister Kristen Hildebrand. So we took that opportunity to pray for that young man. He was fine. God, God put his hand on him. I know what God did. You can't tell me any different that when you walk into a building with the authority and the anointing of the Holy Ghost, that something's not going to happen. That child may have been in the hospital that day, but he went home healed and whole. And today he's fine. Church, know what you are in his hands. You don't understand. Sister Hannah, you came to my mind while I was studying. Have you noticed that the children love you? The parents, 
They're pretty good with you, too. They really like you, too. You realize it's not you. It's not to slam you or to give you any kind of discouragement. You're anointed. You have favor. Every church, every word that comes out of your mouth is anointed. You must realize that. And when I heard you started teaching, and I made those, those lessons available to the, to the ladies that I, I work with that needed some, they needed a word of God from, from a lady. They needed that. And that was an encouragement. You, if you realize what you have hold of, the power of that authority, and staying submitted to the man of God and walking in that, that glory, you open your mouth, things are going to happen. You're going to say, I don't understand why I have so much favor. Why does everybody like me? They just gravitate to me. They just, and then I get this new job. I'm the communications director for a corporate uh, oil and gas company. I didn't go to college for this. I didn't even finish the college that I did take. But God had a plan. He had a plan. He had a place for me. He prepared a place for me. He'll prepare a place for you. Give him glory. Give him praise. You may not understand where you're at right now. You may not understand where you're going, what you're going through and what you're doing and why you're here and what, what's going on. But God has a place for you because he has prepared it for you. He has gone ahead of you. Lord, in the name of Jesus, do your work here today, God. Lord, in the name of Jesus. Church, let's give him glory.